Teesaw Pop, Season 8, Episode 6. Hello and welcome to Teesaw Pop, the mini podcast for busy teachers. My name is Laura and joining me today to talk about gathering student feedback is teacher Kate Samarenko. Kate has been working in the English language teaching industry for over 10 years. She's taught all age groups in one of the largest schools in Ukraine. She's prepared students for high stake exams and she's also mentored and trained fellow teachers. In today's episode, she's going to share how she creates a safe space to collect feedback from her students, the different ways in which she collects that feedback, and most importantly, how she implements it. Let's jump to where I asked Kate about the importance of collecting feedback from students. I think we've all been there, you know, when we're working for a company or maybe we're a freelancer, uh, but we're teaching um, a student or a group of students and everything seems to be fine. But then at some point, a student drops out of the course and then we start questioning what was wrong. We probably collect feedback from the student, but the, the thing is that usually students are quite reluctant to give honest feedback at this stage. And probably one of the reasons is that they just don't want to share or they don't think it's important. Yeah? And I believe that's really, really important thing here is to try and shift this collecting feedback to not the end, you know, as we normally do it, but try and do it in the middle of the course or maybe, you know, from time to time. Yeah. Uh, just to give an example, there was one person, a friend of mine, who joined one of the good language schools recently, and he dropped out of the course um, in two months, I think. So obviously I asked him what was the reason for that. And he told me that um, one of the reasons was that the teacher did not listen to him properly or did not um, take his opinion into account or something like that. But when I asked him if he gave this feedback to the school, he said that he didn't. So I think this is what usually happens, you know. Um, we don't actually know as teachers or managers here of the schools why students leave. And probably one of the reasons is that we don't do it at the right time. Yeah. So um, that would be one of the important um, reasons yeah, why feedback is crucial yeah, to make sure students stay with us, uh, they feel comfortable and uh, we figure out what can we change. Like you said, it's so important that we collect feedback throughout the process. So we're not in that scenario where we're losing clients, whether it's students or teachers or whoever we might be working with. Because of course, as educators, we want to help people learn and grow. But it can be so difficult to create those spaces where people tell us what we need to know. Because I mean, like myself, it can feel really uncomfortable giving feedback to somebody because I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. And therefore, I'll just say everything's fine rather than actually share what the problem is. This is me speaking as a learner of a language. How can we navigate this as teachers? So it's important probably to let students know how we feel about it ourselves, yeah, and explain that we're not going to be offended, yeah. So it's all done just for the sake of improving our teaching practice, uh, or maybe changing the course for the better, yeah. Uh, so whenever they uh, don't feel comfortable with something, yeah, or they don't like an activity, or probably they don't work with other students, which sometimes happens, yeah. They need to feel um, safe 
to come up to us yeah, and talk to us. Another thing is also creating a safe atmosphere in your lessons, right? Um, and um, showing that uh, they can express feelings and our reaction to it should be appropriate, right? So we need to act appropriately to whatever they say. Um, just again, I give you an example. When I've been teaching for a language school, and that was a group of adults that I've been teaching, one of the students came up to me after the lesson and told me that he unfortunately is going to stop studying for a course because of some reasons, the work reasons or something, but he wanted to give me feedback and he thanked me for changing the pace <laughs> during the lesson, which was really, really weird you know I would never expect a student saying that that they liked working with different students but that was one of the things that he loved about our lessons so that made me think that probably we teachers don't actually know what is going on in the students heads right what are the feelings they have about different things we might think that something went right or wrong but might be vice versa for students so you've talked about the important role that feedback plays and how we can create that safe space for students to share what's not working and what's working as well to hear the positive things that we should keep doing what are some ways in which we can collect feedback of course these conversations that we have with learners are great but what if we want to be quite intentional in um, making space for feedback and collecting it via different means. As we have mentioned before, that students might be anxious. Yeah, they don't want a friend, probably teacher. Yeah, so one of the good ways to collect this feedback would be an anonymous way uh, through, for example, Google Form. Yeah, some kind of survey. So this is what um, one of the schools I've been working for was doing. After every single lesson, they collected this anonymous yeah, feedback from the students because there were many teachers and they basically wanted to probably control yeah, the level of teaching and how students feel about the lessons. But I saw it also as a way of collecting, collecting this honest feedback and a way of improving the lessons. Obviously, not everything uh, should have been taken into account because, well, students are not teachers, but at least we can know what they feel about this or that activity or uh, technique that we have used here yeah, during the lesson. So, yeah, that's a powerful way of finding out how they see the lesson. Um, then another thing would be very simple, and that is reflection at the end of the lesson, maybe the end of the course. It might be even after a particular activity, especially if it's a new one. So we take some time and ask our students to think about how it went, um, whether they liked it or not, and what were the reasons for that. So this might give us some idea of whether we need to improve this technique or activity, yeah? whether we need to uh, provide some kind of changes yeah, um, or not. And uh, that is fresh in their memory as well. So um, they would be able to, um, to share yeah, our, their thoughts again, if there is this safe space created yeah, for them, that they know they can share their thoughts and then another thing that I started doing recently, I actually um, heard about it from one of my colleagues, um, that is the informal chat, some kind of meetup with students, especially if you teach groups 
and not individual students, then um, it's much better to have like, you know, 10 minutes or 15 minute chat with each individual, asking them about their feelings, um, working in a group. Yeah, uh, What do, do they find? Um, how do they feel general about the course? Uh, is there any progress? Is there anything that they would like to add yeah, to the course? Maybe another activity that they would like to, to do or something that they actually hate doing, but they never mentioned. Um, it seems that when you meet one-to-one with students, they are more open because they're not judged by anyone else. There is no one else basically there. It's only the teacher who listens. And when they know that the teacher is actually going to take that into account, yeah, um, and it's not just, you know, to check, yeah, like, yeah, I've done that, um, then they are going to share. And in my experience, they do share. It might be something very simple as like, please don't me, don't put me in the breakout room with that student, because it seems that we just don't get on well. And this little change might, you know, change the whole dynamics, yeah, in the group and will help uh, them learn better, yeah, and, and feel safer. I think a combination of these is really powerful, isn't it, in creating lots of opportunities and touch points with our students rather than it just being just something we do at the very end of a course. And like we mentioned at the start of this episode, then it could be too late. And then you may have lost a potential student who would otherwise renew a contract with you to continue their studies and learning journey. So I think this is a really lovely tapestry of touch points you've just painted out uh, for us, which is really fantastic. So let's say we've met with students, we're doing the reflective practice and lessons. So we're getting an on, we're creating an ongoing conversation about how things are going and we're doing intermittent surveys and we have this data about what students think. Oh my goodness, it's so intimidating. What on earth should we do with it? Once you have analyzed it, you have collected the feedback and analyzed it, you have separated it uh, and you know which changes you can implement, then what you have to do is think about um, how you can implement it, when can you implement these changes and what are the possible consequences of these changes Yeah, that we want to implement. Uh, how the other students probably will react to this. Yeah. Uh, so when we have decided when we do it and how we do it, yeah, we actually need to write some kind of action plan. And by right, I mean right, because it's not easy to keep everything in mind, but we need to think like, okay, next lesson, I'm going to do this. I'm going to try out this thing that they asked me. Um, For example, the thing that I mentioned about the student who didn't want to be put in the breakout room with another student. So that was something that I focused on, right? One thing at a time, like, okay, I'm not going to put her with that student, but I will make sure that she's talking to the others, right? And I will also keep an eye on that student she didn't want to work with yeah just to figure out why what was the reason of that yeah and maybe I will need to talk to that student afterwards yeah so it's very important to um, take your time when implementing the changes um, and then reflect on these changes right and implementations did it work or it didn't why what were the reasons for that Um, and if we 
realize if we realize that everything is fine yeah and now we can continue doing that then we start implementing something else so one little change at a time it's like that reflective cycle isn't it of like observing something hypothesizing what could be possible solutions trying it out and reflecting to see did it work and then collecting feedback again it's an ongoing process just like any learning process as teachers we're also learners and I thought it was really helpful for you you to break it down to like analyzing thinking about what's possible like what we can do being realistic about it um think about the implementation the timeline and setting an action plan also, you mentioned um, conveying what you're going to change to students and that open dialogue, because I think with any feedback, for us to build that trust with our students or whoever we're working with, our students, maybe even other teachers, um, we need to also show that we've heard them and we, we're taking action and what we can take action on. And I think that just builds so much more trust for further feedback to be given in the future. Right, yeah. And probably then after doing that, uh, we can ask them, okay, so how did you feel now about it, right? Did it actually work? So yeah, so they see that it was that feedback yeah, that the teacher took into account and now they really care to find out how it went. Yeah, it's showing you care and it's showing that you're, you're you know, trying to do your best for your students. And I think that goes so, so far, doesn't it, in any learning environment. Kate, it's been absolutely delightful talking to you today. Thank you so much for being open and sharing your experience with your students, how you've collected feedback and some of your best practices. It's been brilliant. Yeah, thank you for having me and for having this conversation. To learn more about Kate's work, then you can go to her Instagram account. That's Kate's The English Teacher. The link is in the show notes, so you can easily find that. And you can find out more about the wonderful work she's doing to help students and teachers develop in their English language learning and teaching. If you have a question that you'd like us to answer or an idea that you'd like to pitch for the podcast, then you can contact us via Instagram, Facebook, or the website teaserpop.com. Finally, you can support the work we do at Teaserpop by leaving a rating and review wherever you listen to the podcast, by sharing today's episode with your community, or by even buying us a coffee at ko forward slash teaserpop. 